Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed that sword drill. You know, I love it when most children, boys, turning to be men, they're thinking about down here, their home down here. There's a young man that's got another home on his heart. Amen. God bless you, Brother Seth. Amen. We certainly need to keep our minds fixed on that. And I trust this is just part of it, you know, coming to young peoples and being a part. Of, thank you, musicians. God bless you. Let's, we'll just stop the singing there unless we really do take all night. I was told I couldn't take till midnight again, so through a text message, through another brother. So, amen. But uh, God bless you. God bless Sister Hannah. Good to see you. No idea why you're here by yourself, but God bless you. It's good to see you anyways. And, Amen. 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 Let's take our Bibles. Let's turn to the book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 18. Amen. You know what, young people, so we ought to just let our hair down just a little bit, you know. Sometimes we get so bound up in, in church order, we forget to let the Holy Spirit have his way. You know, there, there's a place for church order, and we don't want to get out of order. But there's a lot of time that we need to just stop and say, Lord, what are you trying to do? Amen. What would you have me to do in this moment, you know? We played the video two weeks ago of, of the, the, the Welsh revival, and I know, you know, let me just say it this way. I'm not the prophet. I don't have the message of Malachi 4 to bring it's not important for me to stand here and say, you got to hear exactly the words I'm saying. What's important is that you get what the Spirit's saying. And uh, if you got something on your heart, you just want to jump up and shout, you jump up and shout. It won't interrupt the service at all. All right? Amen. If you want to jump up and speak in tongues, you go right on ahead. I'm good with that too. But amen. God bless you. It's good to see everyone here. Sure love each one of you. Amen. I know you're all standing, you're just waiting for me to read, but we'll get there. Amen. First Kings chapter 18, verse 17. So God bless you, brother Nathaniel. I'm sure he's, he's streaming in on the stream, but God bless you, brother. I appreciate you. Always streaming in and then checking in. And the saints in Grand Prairie, the young people in Grand Prairie, I didn't know this, but they often stream our young people services up in Grand Prairie. So God bless you to my nephews and the different ones that are there. You know, there's young people around the world that are looking forward to a rapture. Amen. Amen. Revelations, not Revelations, 1 Kings chapter 18. Maybe we should read from Revelation, just preach about the millennium or something, but amen. 1 Kings 18, verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel. But thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. 
Let's bow our heads together. And when you want to just raise your hand and say, Lord, come by my way tonight. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, my own hands are raised, Lord, and I know they went up all over this place. Come by our way tonight, Lord. Father, we just humbly want to give you the reins of the service now. Thank you for the sword drill, Lord. Thank you for the worship. Lord, truly, we are a people that are strangers and pilgrims in this land, sojourning here below. But Lord, we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Father, we love you with all our heart, all our soul, all of our mind, Lord. We want to give you the first place tonight and ask that you come and speak the words of life. Move me just out of the way. Forgive my own idiosyncrasies and my nervousness, Lord. And I pray you just come speak to your children here tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats if you'd like. And I want to just take a, a subject tonight. We'll just announce the title later. But I want to speak mostly on, on Elijah on Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel showdown that you know there was this is a time that really it was a hard time in Israel they'd had a king that had gone out and got himself another queen from a different land someone that was strange and she brought with with her all her strange gods that she brought, and she felt that that was the right way to worship and things. And we know the story. We've listened to it since we were children of Ahab and Jezebel and Elijah the Tishbite. And we heard of Elisha, and we know of Obadiah in the Scripture and how there's the book Obadiah, but this man here, Obadiah, is the same man, but here he is also in the courts of Ahab. And he, he tells him, if you read up in ver chapter 18, Elijah meets with Obadiah, and he says, Go get Ahab. And Ahab says, or Obadiah says, he'll kill me as soon as he sees me. But Elijah had the word of the Lord. He knew it had to come to something. So he stopped them right there. He said, no, I'll tell you this day, Ahab was going to come down and meet me. Don't worry about it. So they went up and we, we, we just read the scripture there, how that it came to pass that when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, are you the one that troubles Israel? And I love it, Ahab, or Elijah just turns right around and says, no, you're the one that's troubling Israel. You're thinking I'm the one, you're thinking I'm the one, but really, you're the one. You're the problem that's here. It's not the one that's serving the Lord. It's not the prophet of God. It's not the word of the hour that's causing the trouble. It's the one that's kicking against the pricks, so to speak. But now, as I, I just take this from a message, Brother Branham would write, and he would say, could you imagine that little Jezebel with that painted up face? stomping up and down the floor. I want you just to imagine this tonight. That little painted face. It's not hard to imagine a Jezebel today. If you want to get a good picture, just walk out those doors. There's a lot of painted face Jezebels walking around. Just imagine someone like that, just stomping up and down the floor. Oh, you say, oh, she looks so pretty. No, here she is. All of a sudden, you get a real temper in her. You'll begin to see what's really she's made out of, what that makeup really is covering up. And she began to stomp up and down the floor, and she began to say, that old hypocrite, that old hypocrite causing all those little children out here to suffer. And all like that. Elijah was trying to bring them back to God 
trying to win a nation back to God, see, and looked like she could tell the people, you mean to tell me, Jezebel would get up there and say, my, you mean to tell me you'd believe a man like that who would close the lands up like this and it not even rain or dew and all this hypocrisy and witchcraft out there. He says, whatever she wanted to call it. There's nothing that she, she, she's just a witch or a soothsayer or something. He closed up the heavens and it won't rain, making all these people suffer. And you say that's the will of God? I want you just to put yourself down in these shoes. And it's not really hard to put yourself in these shoes when you realize here's Jezebel walking around saying, how could it be God's will for all these poor people to suffer? All these people that they're going through such a hard time because one man said it will not even do, won't even come on the earth until I call for it. There will be no rain. And it's been three and a half years. And here she's stomping up and down the floor, crying out that old hypocrite and that old disc, calling them all kinds of names and things. Why? Because she's so disturbed because she can't see that there would be something real and, and, and it was God's will that all these people would go through this kind of suffering but it was there for a purpose because Elijah was trying to call back a nation and he, God gave him the power and he said whatever you say and he, it won't even be rain or dew for three and a half years not till I call for it. It didn't matter how many good Christians there were that could get on their knees and pray at that time. Yeah. And I'm sure there were believers that were getting on their knees saying, God, move on the heart of Elijah. It's starting to affect my family. It's starting to affect this. But God gave one man. The Elijah of that day. And he said, whatever you say. Let me tell you, there's been an Elijah today that doesn't matter how many people want to get up and say, well, I see it this way, or I see it that way, or I'm praying this, or God spoke to me that. If it doesn't come from the Elijah of our day, it doesn't matter. Because this message of Malachi 4 through the prophet of William Branham is the only word that God said, he's my messenger. This is my man. I heard it said the other day where someone said, I like this one's ministry. I like that one's ministry. But let me tell you, I know one man that seven angels appeared to. I know one man that had his picture taken with the pillar of fire. I know one man that was there in Sabino Canyon. And he was there and he was there and he was the one that Eagle Rock was revealed to. He was the one that saw the doves. He was the one, not me, not another minister, one man. Why? Because that was God's Elijah. God gave him the word for the day. But I want you to understand, you could imagine in a day like today, a day of Laodicea. Was the day of people's rights. People's rights and the day of so much human sympathy and human compassion for all people. It's that kind of a day. You can't hardly walk out there. You see someone suffer. I just was driving down the road today and I looked up across one of the bridges and said, March is uh, what was it? Epilepsy Awareness Month. Oh no, that's nice. It's human sympathy. That's nice. But I'll tell you what, every day is awareness. Why? Because we're aware that there's devils. But we're aware that there's a God that heals those things. We're aware that there's a God that casts those things out. Well, we don't need a month to say, this is the month. We've got to have sympathy upon these people. We've got to have compassion upon them. No, they need to get to God. Just like you and I need to get to God. If you want to know what I'm preaching on you tonight, I'll give you the title. It's called Light It Up. God, Brother Max, when you were preaching Sunday night, God gave me those three words. Light it up. 
Here's the sacrifice. Here's the altar. Here's the wood. Here's the sacrifice. I've done this at your command, Lord. Now, Lord, light it up. We live in that kind of an age where people want to have sympathy and compassion on people no matter what kind of sinful state they're in. I find it amazing, you know, it would, be, it would seem so crazy today that that, 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 that old, old mammy down in Memphis that grounded the plane and Brother Branham Goff has started walking and you know the story how she was just waiting there on the, on the, by her gateway and she said, oh, good morning, parson, or morning, parson. He said, how did you know I was a parson? And You know, she says, God told me my Elijah was coming and, and he come down in the house and he let her pray and he began to talk to her about healing. She said, I don't want to hear about healing. My, most people nowadays with somebody suffering, that's all they want to hear about is, how do I get better? How do I get well? No, she said, I want to hear about one thing. I want to hear about salvation. I want to hear my boy saved. Whether he dies or whether he lives, that's in God's hand. He gives, he takes away, but let him be saved. Give us more mammies like that. We live in a day when sickness and life-crippling diseases are met with medical science and human sympathy rather than safe, rather than faith. We prolong the life of many through prescription drugs and support systems. And let me say, I thank God for those things. They're wonderful. But they're there for a reason and they're there for a purpose because it's an age when death is such a feared outcome. Looking beyond this life is so feared so the people are hanging on to the last drop they possibly can. The last moment they can spend with a loved one. They can't, they can't let go. So there's only find the people will put their loved ones suffering in immense ways on life support for a long, long time. Why? Because they just can't let go. They just can't pull the plug, so to speak. That sounds harsh. I'm laying out the kind of an age we're living in. An age that is ruled by fear. And people can't let go because they can't look beyond that. They, 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 they know that they will never see their loved one again because there's something in them that hasn't rang true. Oh my, there's a, then the thought, the very thought of letting go of something dear to you is foreign and even outrageous. The fear of the unknown, a life beyond this life, has become such a foreign concept that it's made light of today. People just make light of it. Oh, if there's a hell, oh, if there's a heaven, it's a joke, it's a this, it's a that. Just making light of things. Why? Because it's a fear of it. Like a boy whistling in a graveyard that's scared after death, but he's trying to whistle to make it sound like he's not scared. You got people that are terrified of death and they'll, they'll make jokes about it until they come right to death's door. Then all of a sudden that whole joking attitude turns right around because they realize it's real. Yeah. You talk about death as just something. It's a real. It's a reality. It's a being. But the Branham says that. He says, but what's going on now? But you could say something like this today. There's a rapture. There's a tribulation. There is a white throne judgment. Everyone down through time will answer for their sins. And the only ones that will go into rapture is those who are really God veiled in flesh. All of those are true statements and the only way that anyone will ever be judged is by the word of God. Amen. Not by our own morals and how we think we did. Or by the laws of our country. But we'll be judged according to the word of God. Amen. That's a foreign concept today. 
And people wouldn't accept that. They would say, that's crazy. I'm a good person. I lived real nice. I did good unto others. I did unto others as I would have done unto me. I've done good. I've given to the poor. I've done all these things. But God says, listen, there is only one true word. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word. That's crazy to the majority of people today. But Brother Brown says in the contest, he says, you know, many people say today there's no such thing as the devil. They believe it's just simply a thought. They believe that. There's people that believe that, that the Holy Spirit is a good thought and that the devil is a bad thought. No, the Holy Spirit puts good thoughts in you and the devil puts bad thoughts in you, but they are not the thought. And if you notice, the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit. He said, when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, the he is the personal pronoun. See, he, he is a person. And the devil is a person. Demons are persons. Yes, they are demons. They come in many ways. And they, but people think that's an old-fashioned idea. So why are you preaching this? I, I need to preach tonight that the devil is very real. But God is very real too. The God of history is the same God today. He's the same God that was in William Bradham. And he's the same God that's here today. It's not something different. We're not winding down. We're winding up. But I have to tell you, demons are real things. It's not just a bad thought. You think, oh, I just thought a bad thought. No, demons are real things. And they have uh, a power to influence a being. And they have a desire to get into you and to get into young people, to influence them to do things that are bad. Why do you think when a bad thought comes your way, you can't stop it? When you get in the private of your room and something begins to take place, you can say, God, why? Why am I going down this road? And it just begins to snowball and snowball and snowball because there's another presence there that's constantly speaking and speaking and speaking. It's another power. Why do you think when you get in a group of friends that all of a sudden one person says something off color and the next person when they ought to stop it. Instead they add to it and the next person adds to it and the next person adds to it and it begins to have a snowball effect. So it's so far out of hand because there's another power there. There's a reality of the spirit world that is more real than what we see with our eyes. It is more real than what we feel with our flesh. It's more real than what you taste with your mouth. It's more real than what you smell with your nose. It's a real world that we're living in. And Satan, the Antichrist spirit, has come down so that he could be just like the real believer. Except he's missing one thing. The life of the Holy Spirit on the inside of the inside. We said this, I said to a brother, and I, I mentioned it when I was ministering on the maturing of a thought, that Satan is an outside force pushing in. Yeah. Satan is an outside force pushing in, and he's pushing in as best he can because you know he can actually never sit in your soul. Yeah. He can actually never literally be the king in your heart. Amen. But you can place him there on your heart as the king. But God, when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, God can literally be the king in your heart. 
so that God could be an inside force pushing out. Oh, my. You can say today that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he could heal the sick. No matter how sick they are, whether physically or whether you're sick mentally, the Lord Jesus Christ, if you just put your faith in him, is more than able to heal that. And God has made a way of escape from the oncoming judgment. But you must separate yourself from the world. That you can actually can be, and you must be, born again. To the world, that's crazy. To the world, even to the nominal Christian, the new birth is just a thought. Or a sensation. They've even taken it outside of the spirit realm of a thought in your mind. And they've put it into the flesh realm of a physical sensation. Or a physical work or act. And they've taken that to be, oh you're born again now. Praise be to God. Oh my. To think that you could actually be so changed. You remember we were listening to that video of the Welsh Revival. How that when finally Evan, Evan Roberts, he really got the Holy Ghost within him. He, they, they, they put him before a psychologist and said, I think he's losing his mind. Because to them, the Holy Spirit is crazy. It will make you do crazy things. It will make you do things when you leave your schooling. You leave your job. You leave all kinds of things. Brother Branham, they, they said to him, what are you going to do with your seventh grade education? He said, I don't know, but I'm just going to go preach. Because God sent me, so I'm just going to go do what God sent me to do. Oh, my. But let me tell you, it's the will of God. That there would be a born again people. It might seem crazy. I looked at my own wife, my own wife who was a straight A student in school, and she sat down with the counselor and they asked her, What do you want to do unless she said, I want to be a mom? I want to be a mother. I want to get married to a godly man and I want to be a mother. And they said, you're nuts. You're a straight-A student. You should go be a nurse. You should go be a doctor. You should go be this. You should go be that. Why are you doing this? I just want to be a mother. I want to raise children for the Lord. To them, it was crazy. But there was something in there that said, I've got this attribute that that's what I want to express, and that's all that I want to be. God bless her. He gave her lots of trials and given her me. It's the will of God, I'll say, for you to be delivered from every evil spirit. From every sickness and disease, both mental and physical, it's the will of God for you to be delivered. It's not God's will for you to suffer in those things, for you to sit there day after day after day and the devil try and put on you and say, but you did it to yourself. No, the devil put those things on you and God is here to deliver you. It's God's will for you to go in the rapture. God bless you, Brother Seth, for that sword drill. It's God's will for you to go in the rapture. It's not God's will that he would lose anyone. It's God's will. He said, you're in the palm of my head and no one can pluck them out. It's God's will for your body to be changed from mortal to immortality, for you to step across the curtain of time. It's his will. 
it's not God's will for you to get all depressed say, well, maybe I'm not going to make it. No, I love that song. I'm going to keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. Satan tries to tell me, even if there was a rapture, you'd never make it in. The next word say, that just proves, Satan, you're a liar. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's all it does is proves he's a liar. I'm not going to listen to his lie. Neither should you. The Bible says the message, the contest, he said, how could I stand out here, stand here now and lay on to that, go back to the Bible, show you a man back, back there who would, who would come face to face with how that the contest with the enemy, they fortify themselves by the word of God. Talk about Noah had an experience of it. He had to fortify himself by the word of God. What word did he have? It's going to rain. And he fortified himself beside, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's all that he had. He stayed right there. Oh, my. He knew that God told him it was going to rain. And the contest was between science and the word. Science said it can't happen. God said it will happen. Amen. Amen. The same thing exists today. It will happen. It does happen. There is devils, but Jesus cast them out. He gave his church authority to do so. Cast out devils in my name. And I'm here to tell you tonight, there is devils, there are real beings, there is demons. But we have authority by the word of God so that you can be delivered tonight. Oh my. Now. He said, when an unclean spirit has gone out of the man, he walks in dry places, returning back again, bringing seven other devils with him. How that goes to show that if the man was clean of the devils, there was something was in him that gone out. A devil had gone out. Now when the devil moves out, that God gives God an opportunity to move in. So when he goes out, let the Holy Spirit come in. Don't just leave it there. If you do, just repent of your sins and go on. Then you've, you're, you're going to be worse than you ever were. Oh my. If you just go on, repent, and all the devils leave, and you just walk up the building, well, it's wonderful, I'm set free. Stay there until God comes in. Stay there until you get an experience. Oh my. Forgive me, I feel like I'm shouting and I really got no voice. I know I'm shouting, but are you with me? Don't just leave it there. Let that place where Satan once lived and occupied, where he once had preeminence, get it filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And then you'll have the strength of God's word in you, manifested and cast out devils. (laughs) Oh, my. I don't know if you ever play those games. I used to play them on my phone here. You have, you, you, you attack from your guys to these guys. When you defeat them, they get added onto your army. You go on to the next guys, you defeat them, they get added onto your army. It's like that with the army of God. The more they get born again, the more devil caster outers there are. Hey Amen. It's not all of a sudden this was cast out. Now I got to keep going. No, he's on my side now. Now there's two where there was one. Now there's three where there was two. Now there's four. My, there was 121 day, and then the same day there was 3,000. Oh my. God likes multiplication. Hallelujah. The contest is on. I'm just setting the stage tonight so you can see the contest is on. 
It's on in your heart. The fact that you're sitting here tonight, you're in the middle of a contest to say, am I going to sit here and keep listening to this devil that's been telling me over and over and over and over again the same old lies that keeps telling me "Ah, God doesn't love me, keeps telling me I can't go on, keeps telling me God doesn't care about me, keeps telling me that if I walked out, nobody would care. No, we care. God cares. And anyone that's in the Lord Jesus, they care for you. It doesn't matter where you are. You feel like someone's done me wrong. God cares for you. Who cares what that other person did? I care what God cares about. Oh, my. Let's not let complexes get built up in us. So I'm on the outside of the youth group. They don't really like me. They think I'm this. They think I'm that. No. I think God's got a place for you. When I get up here, I'm going to tell you I love you with all my heart. It's the truth. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You're a part of God's word. you got a place in the body of Christ. Brother Branham says, carrying on from the quote, talking about Jezebel and how, oh, how could it be the will of God? He said, it was the will of God. No matter what, see, you must look at what he says. You must respect God regardless of what he does. He knows what he's doing. Oh my, you must respect God regardless. He knows what he's doing. Did it look bad? Absolutely. Oh yeah, it looked bad. Hilary Bradham says, he says, listen, children were suffering. People were suffering. Cattle were dying. Sheep were dying. No water, nowhere. The nights were hot and sultry. The sun was as bright as brass in the skies through the daytime for three years and six months. And that was the will of God. Oh my. Church, let's get sold out to the will of God and not sold out to our own compassion. Human compassion will say, oh, that poor one, give them a bottle of water when the word of God says, he whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Oh, my. And he said, the whole time Elijah sitting up on the mountain said, not even do will fall till I call for it. Oh, that's right. Oh, he says, how they hated him. Oh, yeah, they've always hated Elijah. Why? Because Elijah's message wasn't everybody get together. It was separate yourself from all unbelief. Come out of her, my people. You're a bride. You're called to a higher order. You're not called to this. Oh, my, they hated him. They wanted to get together in Chicago, and they wanted to show him how he was wrong on the Godhead. They wanted to show him this. They wanted to show him that. He just stood up there and preached the word. He said, come on up here and show me. No one can move a muscle. Oh, my, there was Elijah standing there. Look, when Ahab, he found him, he said, you're the one that's troubling Israel. Elijah turned him right in his face and said, nay, not me. You're the one that's troubling Israel. That's right. See, even Ahab didn't have respects to him. But you know that Elijah told Ahab because you had shed innocent blood of Naboth. So the dogs will lick your blood too in the street. And they did. Because they disrespected God's messenger. That's exactly right. Lord have mercy. We got enough going around. All kinds around the message of people disrespecting the message. Disrespecting God's message. Let me tell you this. Don't get involved. They will answer for it. People will answer for their disrespecting of God's messenger. That's not our business. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Yeah, I was talking to a man, he's in Islam, and I finally got a chance to talk to a man who's a Muslim, and he's not talking about the LGBT, and he said, you know, he says, in Islam, he says, we just kill them. 
I said, yeah, Christianity's the same. Really? I said, yeah. I said, except God gives space for repentance first. I said, we don't just go out and say it's us doing it. I said, God gives space for repentance. And if they repent and turn from their evil way, then they can have grace and they can even be born again, same as you and me. Because God is a gracious God. But yeah, when he steps off the mercy seat, vengeance is my, saith the Lord, and they'll, they'll pay for their sin. Let God deal with that. Let's not get involved in the things of the world and the movements of the world and the movements of all things going on. I got to tell you, I, I don't know why God laid this on my heart tonight, but he really laid it on my heart. Satan's been fighting me all day in my body to try and get me to not preach this, so I'm going to preach it the way God gave it to me. It might be hard, but it's to encourage you that you could say, I'm going to stand for God. He says, listen, that you can't respect it. Oh, Elijah, step up there. Why? But now he says, listen, Miriam, you remember in the Bible, Miriam and Aaron disrespected Moses. But no matter who you are, Christian or not a Christian, you've still got to bring respects to God. The respect for what he's doing and or suffer the consequences. It's either receive it or go into judgment. Either one you want to. Oh, my. Either one you want to. Your choice. You either receive the message of the hour or you could go into judgment. It's completely up to you. But he says it's one or the other. Listen, Satan may have been on your case telling you that you're the problem. He may have been on the case telling you that you don't fit in. Telling you that you're the odd one out. That you're the weird one. Telling you that you're the one that's causing all the trouble because you're the one that has an issue with the loud music. You're the one that's got the issue with the swearing. You're the one that's got the issue. That's the lie of the devil. You're not the one causing the trouble. Tonight, I believe you want to stand up as young people. Are you with me? We want to stand up as young people and point right back to the face of our tormentor say, I'm not the one, devil. You're the one that's causing all these problems. I'm not the one that's causing all this. You're the one that's causing all this. Oh, my. It's the time to call your tormentor to the showdown. How many wants to call him to a showdown tonight? Stand on your feet if you want to call him to a showdown. If you don't, that's fine. But if you're with me and you say, I'm ready to call my tormentor. I know what I've been going through. You know what you've been going through. And you're ready to to say, devil, I'm ready to stand you in the face. You can sit down now. Let's torment him a bit. Go back with me to 1 Kings. Let me just tell you this. Put this right in here. You cannot attain to the new birth. You can't attain to it. It's not something that can be achieved. But you could put everything in order so that when his timing comes, he could come and consume the sacrifice with fire. Brother Moses would preach on the mechanics and the dynamics. The mechanics keep them in order so that when the dynamics come, somebody turns the key in the engine, it doesn't go, and boom, all of a sudden, no, it goes, and away you go. Why the mechanics were in order. Now verse 19 says, Now therefore send and gather me all of Israel unto Mount Carmel. The prophets of Baal, 450 of them, and the prophets of the groves, 400. Oh my, it's 850 of them altogether. Which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent out unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Oh my. He said, Elijah came and all the people and said, how long will you hop between two opinions? 
Listen, Brother Branham says, he said in the true sign that's overlooked, he says, now up on Mount Carmel, that day when he called the showdown and he called Ahab and, and the thousands of priests, so it was 850, but the 850 priests that belonged to the temple, their denominations, denominations, he called them up on Mount Carmel and said, come on up here. Meet me up here. I'll stand the whole bunch of you. What did he do? He had, thus saith the Lord. He wasn't afraid. Oh my, let me tell you tonight, you have, thus saith the Lord. You got a scripture right here. He says, heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. It says in here that by his stripes I am healed. The chastisement of my peace is upon him. Hallelujah, that his blood is still wet on the mercy seat tonight. He's still the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Oh my, he's still God today. You got thus saith the Lord in a message. You got 1,100 of them. You got thus saith the Lord in servant seals that were revealed. You got thus saith the Lord in future home. You got thus saith the Lord in Christ is the mystery of God revealed. You got thus saith the Lord in the rapture. Oh, you got thus saith the Lord in God of this evil age. You got thus saith the Lord. What is the attraction on the mountain? Oh, my, Elijah went up there with thus saith the Lord. He says, you said you offer up one bullock, call on Balaam. Let the God that answers by fire be God. Oh, my. So all day from morning till after dinner, they jumped up and down. They lanced themselves. They screamed. They hollered. Elijah walked back and forth. Holler a little louder. Maybe he's got a fishing trip or something. He's out pursuing or something. You know, the Bible says if we'll read it down, he says they, they cut themselves with knives and lances and the blood gushed out. Yeah. 850 men cutting themselves and blood gushing everywhere. This was serious religion. They were sincere. They knew exactly what their scripture said. They knew exactly what to do to make a sacrifice. They knew exactly what to do. They knew exactly how to go about it. They were sincere, willing to put their own lives on the line. Oh, my. Was God in it? No, sir. For he had thus saith the Lord. He was satisfied. He had the word of God. Oh, and you got the word of God. That's why you hear us saying sometimes, I'm going to kick the devil in the teeth. We're going to punch him a good one. I'm not scared to stand up to the devil. Why? I got thus saved the Lord. I'm not scared to go toe-to-toe with the devil. With the devil. Not because I'm somebody. No, because I got thus saved the Lord. Hallelujah. When one of my children gets sick, I'm not scared to lay hands on them and get before God and say, Lord, you said... Why? Because I got thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not scared to put my hands on any one of you and say, you said, Lord, if you call for the elders of the church, lay hand on the sick, they would recover. You said you'd deliver them. You said if we to separate ourselves from unbelief, separate ourselves from sin, call on the Lord, you'd hear from heaven, you'd heal our lands. We got a promise. This is brother, sister. What does anyone need more than a promise of God? God said he would do it. It's Abraham. He counted God able to perform what he had spoken about. He knew that God would do it because God said so. 
So he called them up there, and they so lanced themselves and hollered and screamed till the evening sacrifice. Then Elijah, watch how he did it. The first thing he done is rolled 12 stones together. Listen, God is not divided. That's the nominations. Denominations divide the churches, not God. I'll say that very surely. God does not divide churches. That's from thus saith the Lord. Men divide churches. Denominations divide churches. God does not divide churches. You can take that any way you want. Go back to the scripture. 1 Kings chapter 18 to where we at. And it came to pass. Oh my. No, let's go back, brother. You're way too far ahead. And Elijah said unto the people, he said unto them, How long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then follow him. But if Baal be God, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. Oh, but the brother says he was there when he was over in India. And he stood between all them Jains and Sikhs and all these different Mohammedans. And there was uh, Buddhists and this ones and those ones there. And he, they, they began to call down Christianity. But when it got up in the presence of the Lord, and he began to have a blind man come up. And he had the vision. He had thus saith the Lord on that blind man. And he said, I challenge any one of you. You come up here and heal this blind man. I'll, I'll follow after you. Yeah. You don't want me to be a Buddhist? You come heal this man. I'll go be a Buddhist. Oh my, think about it. Brother Branham as a Buddhist. No, not going to happen. Why? Because that was just a man-made thought and theology. Based largely on human sympathy. Oh, we don't hurt nothing. When God's will was, children suffered. People suffered. Animals died. Find that in Buddhism. <laughs> Forgive me, i just be a little. Oh my. <laughs> Listen. You've got to make your decision, Brother Branham says. Why halt between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. If he's not God, don't serve him. If the real experience of God is what takes the sin, the sin out of a man's heart and not belonging to a church or belonging to a clan or belonging to an organization, which I have nothing to say against, those things are all right. But he says, but education won't bring it. We've tried it many times. It got leaking cisterns out of it. We thought one time we had the big four. Let's almost make you laugh. I had to look it up, actually, who the big four were. I forgot my social studies. But it was the United States. Okay, yeah. Great Britain, maybe. Italy and France. They thought those four countries, that was it. That was going to end war. The big four here, we're going to get together and make a peace treaty. Now you got two of them that, I mean, Really? Sorry if you're French, but France is a bit of a joke on the world scheme. So is Italy. Yeah. Great Britain's there right now, too. And they thought that was it. We got the big four. There'll be no more wars. That was the war to end all wars. But he says, oh, it had a leak in it. It didn't settle any wars. We thought one time that an educational program would save the world. And we educated. What have we got? A bunch of educated atheists. That's exactly right. Let's get more and more today. It says, we thought that the socialists would one time save the world. We've come to find out that the most villainous criminals we have come out, that have come out of their so-called societies. Education and society will not save the world. 
Oh my, they've tried everything and they got all kinds of things they're trying today to stop COVID. They're trying this, they're trying that, they're doing everything. We thank God for what they're doing. There's nothing bad in it themselves, but that can't save the world. There's one Savior of the world. That's the blood of Jesus Christ who is freely poured out on Calvary for the remission of every sin that a man ever committed. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, and chastised for our peace upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. Then he says this, and I'll say it in my own words. I challenge any man or woman in the name of Jesus Christ to take God at his promise and see if it's right or wrong. I'm challenging you tonight. Take God at his promise and see if it's right or wrong. Don't just sit there with your head down and think, well, maybe something will pass. Maybe he'll finally quit shouting and screaming, blowing my hair back. Take God at his word. If God be God, then serve him. If your devices be God, serve them. I'll just say it and call it the way Elisha called it. If your devices be God, serve it. If social media be God, serve it. If your job be God, then serve it. If this church be God, serve it. If your vehicle be God, serve it. If your friends be God, serve them. But I want to challenge you, if God be God, then serve him with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind. Don't hold back one thing. Tell me one time your truck ever saved your soul. I could tell you many times my vehicles got me in trouble. I can't tell you one time they helped me. You say, well, they got me here tonight. Yeah, I could have walked it too. Just would have taken a little longer. It ain't going to drive me up into heaven. It ain't going to be Ford up in heaven. It won't be Chevy either. No Dodge. Definitely not Dodge. No Mercedes, there won't be none of that up in heaven. Be a little vehicle called T-H-O-U-G-H-T, thought. Think it and you'll be there. That's a vehicle. (laughs) Hallelujah, we had already took a test drive one time. (laughs) It took a test drive one time. There's a man named Philip. He was up preaching up in Israel. And there was a man down in Ethiopia that needed him. So he took that vehicle for a test drive. And he was there. Hallelujah. And he was down there running on the side of the wood side of that chariot. He's just down there running. Oh, think of it. I'm jumping way ahead, but here we go. Here's a man that's down there, this eunuch of Ethiopia, and he's sitting there in the chair and he's reading that thing. Oh man, I don't understand this. Here's David. I read all the legends of David, and David's writing about my bones, they stare at me and they pierce me, and oh man, I don't get it. Here's, a, here's, a, here's Isaiah. I read over here in Isaiah where it says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Man, I, how can I understand these things? He looks up and here's this guy. Hey, how you doing? I just come from up north, 100 miles or so. You run all the way out here? Nah, different vehicle. Yeah, 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 what you reading? Oh, I'm reading the scripture. Yeah, what, you, what about it? I don't get it. Really? You mind if I step in? Get a bit winded now. This vehicle ain't so good. The one I came down here in was much better. Yeah, sure. So he got in the way in the wagon in the chariot, and they get into talking. Why? Because he he was hungry. He was searching. He was looking for something. Praying, God, reveal to me your word. 
And God sent someone by his way so that the word of God could be revealed. He could understand. Oh, the thing that he was talking about was Jesus Christ. And it was all fulfilled. When Christ came on Calvary, the atonement was made. And now here come the the Holy Spirit being sent back down. And there was 120 on the day of Pentecost. Went up to 3,000. And oh my, it was a wonderful time. And he says, there's water. Make it 3,001 if there aren't any more already. Hallelujah, there's water. What does hinder me from being baptized? And Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If that's what I got to do, I'll do it. Even if you ain't anointed, I am. I feel good right about now. Oh, my. If God be God, then serve him. Listen, the, 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 the rebuke of the age is that because you're lukewarm, Neither cold nor hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. What is lukewarmness? You got a little bit of hot, you got a little bit of cold, you bring it together, you get a lukewarmness. Why? You got someone that's saying, I'm running for God, I'm running for God. But oh now my device, my device, my device, my car, my car, my car, my job, my job, my job. I'm running for God, I'm running for God, I'm running for God now. My, well, I got over here, my. You're right right there. You're split between two decisions. All these other things, they could be things in your life that begin to bolster up your walk with the Lord. You could use them for good and you could use them for God. As Paul writes, those members you once yield as members as unrighteous, now yield them as members of righteousness. Oh my, forgive me. I think I'm going way too fast. How long will we waver as young people between the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes and serving the Lord Jesus fervently? Oh, if God is the God of deliverance and he's a God that is willing and able to free you from every weight and every sin and every tormentor right here tonight. You don't got to leave here tonight and say, I'm still being tormented by the devil. You can leave here completely free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me finish the story about, I remember I told you Satan was fighting me in my body all day today. And about one o'clock I said, you know what, Lord, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to keep a good thought in my mind about how I'm feeling just fine. And I'm going to tell you something, by the time I got home for supper, I was feeling just fine. All those things that once bothered me, I was in a lot of pain actually, but all those things that once bothered me, I said, oh, praise God, they're all gone. And I feel great right now. Why? Because there was something in a man that said, I'm not going to accept that. You might be a tormentor, but get out of here, devil. If you could just rebuild the altar of your heart and welcome him in, he's ready. He says, behold, I sat at the door. Just hear the knocking tonight. If you go back into 1 Kings, I think we're at verse 22, brother. It says, Then Elijah said unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves. Cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under it. Oh, my. And he says, they call you on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. I love the way he says it. You call the name of your gods, I'll call on the Lord. (laughs) He doesn't even say, I'll call on the name of my God. I'll call on the Lord. I know who I'm serving. Amen. And he says, and the God that answered by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it. Notice he didn't say, well, now give me this one and you take that one. No, he says, whichever one you want. 
I got thus saith the Lord. You do whatever you want to do. He gave them first choice. He says, you're a man and you call the name of your God, but put no fire under it. He says, and they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, and saying, oh, Baal, hear us. And there was no voice. Oh, my. They got a lot of preachers, but no voice. And hear that. They got a whole lot of preachers. They got a whole lot of theologians, but no voice. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, we got a voice. Hey, man, you heard the voice. He says this, and he goes on. He says, nor was there nor any that answered. And they leapt upon the altar that was made. And it came to pass at noon. And Elijah mocked them, saying, cry aloud, for if he is, he is a god, either he's talking or he's pursuing or he's, he's on a journey or pre-adventure. He sleepeth and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after the manner with knives and, and lancets until the blood gushed out of them. And it came to pass at the midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And there was neither voice nor any answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. Hallelujah. God's not a divider. And the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. That was step one. And he took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around about the altar, as great as it could contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and put the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels of water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice. I love that. Burnt is past tense. In God's mind, this is already over. <laughs> He's got thus saith the Lord. In God's mind, there isn't a battle going on. Satan's already defeated. In God's mind, when he made the promise, it says, God has done. Oh, my. They might say, look what he's doing, look what he's doing. That's just in this dimension. In God's mind, it's already over. Oh, my. And he says this, and he then poured upon the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And he did it a third time. And the water round about, the water round, water ran round about the altar. And he filled the trench also with water. Oh, my. There's a certain way to build an altar, according to the word. And every altar and sacrifice you make that's made here, there's, there's a representation to everything that's being done. It's not just a happen chance. Oh, there's 12 stones laying around. Perfect. Just enough for me. Praise be to God. And I'm sure they weren't just little stones. Here's a pebble for, for Judah. Here's a bit bigger rock over here for Benjamin. I got this boulder over here. We'll push it over here for, for Issachar. We're getting after like that little pebble there. That other one was big. I'm tired. It wasn't what was going on. There was 12 stones. There was an altar being built. There was going to be a cow put on these stones. It was big. 
It was held. It was to hold some weight. There was some wood put on here. There was a cow, a bullock put on top of it. And there was a four jugs, eight jugs, 12 jugs of water put on it. Those stones, those stones, where the Bible says a stone is a confession. Your sacrifice must be built upon your confession. Twelve stones, twelve represents fellowship. You've got to fellowship around those confessions. Oh my. John, I told you that scripture with that, that service you sent me was right around when I was preaching tonight. You gotta have a positive confession based on the word of God. And you gotta start fellowshipping around those. Why you want a confession? Here you go. All things work together for good. To them that love the Lord or are called according to his purpose. That might be a bit of a smaller stone when you pick it up. But as you begin to put that stone, you begin to ponder upon that stone. It gets harder and harder and harder. Because trials come. And it gets harder to claim that as time goes on. But you begin to realize if you just stop and look at the footprints you put in the ground, you realize, oh yeah, all things really do. Work together for good. That's a good positive. Begin to fellowship around those things. Instead of fellowshipping around all the troubles you're going through, all the trials you're going through, all the troubles. And, oh, my, this week, you don't know how hard of a week I had. No, I had a hard week, but God delivered me. Oh, my, I was sick in my body, but he healed me. Oh, my. God is more than able. Fellowship around those positive confessions. Don't be complaining with a negative confession. Keep it true. Keep it positive on the word of God. Oh my. There was a trench around the altar. He dug a deep trench. I'm sure the people thought, what are you doing? Nowhere does the Bible say he even brought a shovel. So I don't even know if he had a shovel. Maybe he dug that thing out by hand. And he just kept digging and digging. Maybe someone had a shovel. I don't know. And he was digging that trench. Maybe he would have dug it bigger if he had a shovel. I don't know. But he had a trench. What's that representing? It's a separation. This sacrifice isn't a part of everything else that's going on over here. My confession isn't a part of everything else, whatever. It's not affected by the Baal's altar over there. I got a line of separation drawn here. I've dug a trench. God's word calls for a total separation from all unbelief separate yourself. You say, I want God to consume this sacrifice. I want God to consume my life. Separate yourself. Don't see how close you can get to the world. Get as far away as you can. Dig a trench. Separate yourself. Oh my. You've got to put the wood on top. You've got to lay down your humanity. Every man that God ever used had to lay down his humanity. Moses said, I'm not, I'm not able. I stutter on this, on that. God said, just don't worry about it. Just lay it down. I can take care of it. I'll speak for you. Brother Brown could say, I only got a seventh grade education. I'm a nobody. God said, don't worry about it. You're going to pray for kings and potentates. <laughs> oh, my. There was another man, Gideon, in the Bible where he said, I'm nobody. But the angel said, thou mighty man of valor, <laughs> put your humanity down. Lay it down, no matter what you say. I'm only able to do this. I'm only able to do that. Say, Lord, here am I. Send me. I'm sure Isaiah wasn't feeling worthy. He said, I'm a man. I'm not worthy. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a people of unclean lips. But finally, when the angel of the Lord came down, he said, here am I. Send me. No matter how bad I'm off, God, if you can use it, use it. Put your humanity on the altar. Then you got to put the flesh sacrifice on top. Brother Branham says, that's you. Yeah. 
It's your will and of your life that you must lay it down and say, God, consume me. Lay down my own life, not just my own humanity and my own inabilities, my own idiosyncrasies, but lay down my life, my will, my thoughts, what I want to do. Lay it on the sound, the altar. And then pour the water over the top of it. What's that doing, Brother Andrew? Washing but the water by the word. I know I've been a long time. I'm just reaching an hour right now. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Husbands, love your wives. They say, that doesn't apply to me. But it says this, even as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. Oh, my. If God be God, then serve him. Who would you rather serve? I was thinking about this the other day. I thought, man, who would I rather serve? There's all kinds of presidents. They've been great presidents. There's been Abraham Lincoln. There's been the George Washingtons. There's great men today even. There's great men. you got Ron Spencer's. you got Tim Pruitt's. you got all these different ones. Great men. But who would you rather serve? Because there's one man that was born of virgin birth. And there was no reason for him to die in his own self. He was perfect in all of his ways. He lived a perfect life. He never did make a mistake. He defeated the devil in every battle. Oh my, he overcome by the word of God. Man should not live by every word, by every, by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He won every battle that way. And here he was a man that, what did he do? He still came and died the most cruelest of deaths. The most horriblest of deaths. He still came and died. That Even when in that, those last moments he could have called angels down from heaven, he had authority to call angels down and take them off the cross and set up his kingdom and it all be over. But still he went down. It wasn't just there. It didn't end there. He went right down into the lowest regions of hell. Right down to where old Lucy is. Lucifer. And he got right down there and he kicked in the door. He took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Thanks. And now, by the way, I'm going to preach to your congregation. (laughs) There's a God that I can serve. Walk right into the church called hell. Regions of the lost. And these souls, they could do nothing. And he could stand there and preach. I'm the one. (laughs) Nimrod, I'm the one that Enoch was talking about. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Tubal Cain, I'm the one that Noah was talking about. But you rejected and you weren't willing to go into the the ark. I'm the one that told him it was going to rain. Oh my, how many you want to put in there? My, you could put all kinds of different kings in there. You could throw down right down there to Ahab and Jezebel. They say, hey, Ahab. (laughs) I'm the one that was in Elijah. I'm the one that was there that appeared to you in Naboth's vineyard when you thought you pulled a sneaky one. I saw that. I'm the one that died for the sins of the world, but you rejected it. And then he went from there and he walked up just another step a little higher and knocked on a door. Abraham pulled open the door. He said, hey, brothers, you recognize this voice? Last time you heard it, it said one word. Lazarus! Because you remember Lazarus was here just a few moments ago. And I called him out. He walked through this door. Well, now it's your turn. I could serve a God like that. And he went out and they began to walk and they were seen in certain places. There's Abraham and Sarah. My, they came out and they said, oh, there's Jerusalem. That's wonderful. But then when Jesus went up a little higher and ascended up into heaven, they went too. 
Oh, that's a God that I can serve. That's a God that I can serve. One that can do that is able to keep every promise in the Old Testament, line for line, letter for letter, precept for precept. There is no reason for me to doubt that he can keep every New Testament promise, line upon line, precept upon precept. He's more than able today. Hallelujah. That he might sanctify it. Oh, even as Christ loved the church. Why? That he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. That he might present it, you to himself as a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. You say, Brother Andrew, I got these tormentors. There's no reason for you to live that way. There's no reason for you to live defeated. There's no reason for you to come to church and say, I just don't get it. If you could just give yourself to God 100%, he can reveal himself to you. Oh, my. Elijah poured four barrels three times. My, four. That water filled with trench. Filled the trench. Let the word of God fill the void left by the things of the world that you separated yourself from. Say, how am I going to fill the time? If I quit YouTube, how am I going to fill that time? If I quit watching this other thing, how am I going to fill it? If I quit just hanging out with friends all the time, how am I going to fill that time? Fill it with the Word of God. If I quit listening to this terrible music, how am I going to fill that time? Fill it with the Word of God. Fill it with godly music. Fill it with godly things. Will you give me a bit more time? Are you with me still? You okay? You need to stand up, stretch, jump up and down, shout, scream, holler. Hey, man, I need to sometimes. This, let me say it, pouring the water on is actual work. They were called barrels. There was a man that picked up four barrels. I don't know where they got the water from. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It hadn't rained for three years and six months. Where in the world they found water, I have no idea. But they got enough water to fill up 12 barrels and pour it on there. It was work. Let me tell you, in a world today that is hungering and thirsting and there is a famine in the land for the hearing of the word of the Lord. You might look and say, where am I going to get the word? Where am I going to get the water? It's right here. It's right in this message. you got 1,100 of them plus. Oh, my. The world might be looking around saying, oh, it's the same old Bible. I've read it from Genesis to Revelation. I've heard it preached this way and that way. I've heard it all before. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. There's one man services I know I can listen to on repeat. Let me tell you something. I was on the way home the other day from up north. Yeah, I guess this is on recording. I was at my in-law's house. And we were there. And I was on the way home. We listened to a message all the way up. We listened to it twice. And we listened to it twice on the way back. And I got home and I said, this is starting to sound familiar. I realized it was on repeat. I then listened to it four times. And my wife's like, yeah, I think we heard this before. But every time I was like, praise the Lord, this is good. Hey, man, this is good. Hey, man, I love this story. And I was listening to the same thing. I repeat over and over, and it took me four times to finally realize it. <laughs> Tell you what, you listen to one of my services four times in a row, and you'll be sleeping. Yeah. 
because I'm not the prophet. That's the message of the hour. That's the message of the day. It's the anointing. It's the voice. There's something behind the voice, behind the voice. Oh, my. I get so far off this way, off that way. I hope you're okay. Amen. Amen. It was a hard work. It's work. This isn't the easiest thing to keep pouring the word in. And often this is where we fall short and we give up easily. So I've come to the altar. I've made a good confession. I've been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've made my confession. I've, I've had devotions. My, but let me ask you, what about time spent with him? What about time spent with him? What about just digging into the word? Amen. Lord willing, Sunday night, we'll see if the Lord leads this way, but I want to speak on, speak on spiritual beggars. You know what a beggar is? Someone that sits there and waits for someone else to come by and give them something. Lord, help us not to be spiritual beggars where we're sitting there waiting for someone who's spiritually rich in revelation, spiritually rich in wisdom to come by and say something. That we could be fed. But we ought to be digging into it ourselves. We ought to be in the word of God ourselves. We ought to be listening to young people. We ought to be listening to the tapes daily. Every day. Brother Ed pointed out so well Sunday morning. It's a law of displacement. My, the more of the word of God you feel, you find you got less and less and less time for the things of the world. But if you start having less and less of the word of God, pretty soon the things of the world begin to go up and up. Why? Because you're not spending your time where you should be. Oh my, oh my, four, four barrels, four is the number of deliverance, four barrels of deliverance by the word of God, keep washing to God, it's a part of worship, fill the barrels, fill the trench, be delivered from the things that once bothered you. Oh my, let's read on, First Kings chapter 18, verse 36. It says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Hallelujah. He didn't have time to say amen. There was no time to finish the prayer. There was no time to go on for great lengthy things. God answered it with fire. Oh my. Wow, he built the altar. He built the sacrifice. He put it all there in order. He put the washing of the water of the word on. He did it all at the command of the word of God. And when you take God at his word, he's obligated to his word. When you take him at his promises, he's obligated to fulfill it. Church of the living God, let me tell you, there is nothing better than having the Almighty under obligation. Oh my. You ever think about it? You're under obligation to do certain things at work. I'm under obligation to show up for so many hours a day. I'm under obligation to be there. I'm on the schedule. But you got the Almighty God. If you just approach His Word through faith, He's obligated. Oh my. I'm going to skip over some things here. Save some time. He says, no matter if you're a woman, if you're a man, if you're a boy, or if you're a girl, whoever you are, 
Christian or not Christian? Minister, deacon, or whatever you are. If you'll just believe with your whole heart for just a moment and do this much tonight, just let God know that you're sincere. He says, now look. You say, now look, I'm a message believer. He says Pentecostal, but I'm going to update that for you. I'm a message believer. You say, I'm this or whatever you are. I profess to dance in the spirit. I don't know a lot of people here that have done that, I'll be honest. Known most of you your whole life. But Brother Branham, as I thought, as long as we had that, we had it. You have it. If you believe me to be God's prophet, this is him speaking, you listen to my words. See, that's the deception of this day. Didn't the Bible say it'd be so close it would deceive the elected if it was possible? The elected down to the soul. Yeah. Oh my. I was thinking the other day, I got a sent a video from China. Rare footage and all these things. And it was, it was a nice video. It was nice. I've seen some videos like it. How just under the, a denominational uh, preaching, they were coming at like three o'clock in the morning and in secret in caves and all kinds of things to worship and to sing and to dance and to shout. So close. Yet not under the message of the hour. That it would be so close. You say, how could this not be the right thing? How could this not be the right thing? But it's got to be. The anointing for that day or it's missed it. He says, if you could dance in the spirit still with all the things of the world, there's something wrong. If you could speak in tongues, Paul said, I can speak in tongues of men and angels. Still, I'm not even saved. Uh huh. Both kinds. He said, I can do all emotions. I can have faith. I can preach the gospel. I can give all my goods to feed the poor. I can carry the word in the mission field across the world. Still, I'm nothing. See, it's what's inside of the inside, brother. Your spirit breaks up when you die. It takes its flight, but your soul lives. He says, now look at yourself, really, are you genuine Bible Christian, full of the love of God? You remember the Bible said in the last days, the marking angel would go through the churches, went through the cities and seal those who sighed and cried for the abominations that was done in the city. Is that right? It's Ezekiel 9. We know that's the truth. The marking angel went forth, put a mark on their forehead, sealed them, then that sighed and cried. After that come, the slaughtering angel come forth. From the four corners of the earth, which is coming right away. We see it coming. War's moving right in. That'll kill the whole earth off. There's nothing that couldn't touch but them that had the mark. He said, just pick out. He says, is your heart so concerned about the sinners and the way that the church people are doing till you can sigh and cry about it day and night? If not so, I'm wondering... I'm reading to you a quote from the message leadership. This is 1965. This is the second last message he preached. Leadership, then communion, then he's taken off the scene. Right down at the end of the message, and he's saying, if this isn't where you're at, I'm wondering if you're really who you think you are. Would you just stand and say, dear God, I'm not standing because Brother Branham said so, but I heard this word say that. I'm going to do this. To you, Lord, I stand. I'm in need. Will you supply my needs? I want to be a Christian like that. 
What kind of a Christian do we want to be? Just to come to church. You know, that, that demons, as I said at the beginning, those are real. And today, the spirit on the age, because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. We're always looking, and I know, I got Bible stories that my son's like, let's do, we got to skip over so many of them, because they love to, to put the voices in the demons, the demon-possessed legion. It's like, you know, that's not the way demons are today. You don't hardly see that. You might see it in the backwoods in Africa and the jungles and things where that, that, that's a very, you got to go back and you got to prominently cast them out. But nowadays, you got demons on people in Laodicea in North America, a demon of lukewarmness. That says, you're all right. You're in a message church. <laughs> you're born in this church. You're pastors, Brother Harold Hildebrandt. You got this. When you get to heaven, oh my, let me tell you, you're going to get there. And, you know, maybe you'll have to go through white throne, but Jesus will speak up and say, their daddy stood for me. Let me tell you something. You ain't never going to hear those words. Jesus ain't never going to have grandchildren. He ain't never going to say, their daddy or their mommy stood for me. He can only say, they stood for me. It's not, I knew somebody related to them. Oh my, the world of business today and all kinds of things. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And you got to know this person to get to that person. If you're connected with this one, you get connected with that one. God ain't that way. If you don't know him personally... Brother Brown says this, he says, I love you. You're my friends. I'm not trying to talk rude to you, but I'm saying I've got to nail down or Satan's going to rob you from it. But this great display of the presence of the Holy Spirit here tonight, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Bible evidence that God said would take place. There's a mighty rushing wind trying to get into the audience. I can say this to you of a surety. There is a mighty rushing wind even tonight that's trying to break in to this audience. It's trying to break in every single service where two or three are gathered in my name. I'll be there in the midst of them. And the presence of God is trying to break in on every single service. But it's us that hold them back. So it's trying to rush in. It's trying to get in the audience and fill every soul with the presence of God. Don't let Satan take it away from you. Hold on to it till you've passed through the barriers of unbelief. Don't care how crippled you are, how sick you are, how discouraged you are, how bound up in complexes you are, how bound up in this demonology you are. I don't care. He's here. I challenge you in the name of Jesus Christ, if it meant, if you meant that from your heart that you want to come and you want to be free, and when you stood earlier today that you want to go toe-to-toe with the devil, then I challenge you again, stand to your feet and accept it. You don't have to leave here in some kind of a crippled up state spiritually. Saying, oh, I just can't get over this. I just can't get over this. Jesus is here. 
Listen, the, the scripture goes on. If you just stay on your feet, in, 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 in 1 Kings chapter 18, it says in verse 38, And the Lord, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And all the people saw it and they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. Escape. Oh my, I hope those doors are closed, Brother Jared. Let not one of them escape. We're going to kill every devil that wants to afflict the young people tonight. The devil doesn't have a foot to stand on any longer. Satan, I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't have to presume anything. It's God consume. You don't have to presume. That's right. The brass altar consumed the sacrifice. If the sacrifice laid upon the altar and it's not consumed, God refused it. And you are God's sacrifice. Lay yourself on the altar. If you'll just wash yourself with the water of the word, he will accept it. But if you come in your own way, he can't accept it. That's right. Don't presume it. Just believe it. Say, God, just take it all out of me. Empty up. So fill me up. Use me, Lord. Don't presume it. Believe it. If you don't believe it, you won't. God won't receive your sacrifice. Oh my, what are those stones? Stones tonight are being honed down and fitted into the ministry of Jesus Christ. You are a little stone. Your confession tonight. Keep a positive confession. Always keep a positive confession. Don't go from here and say, well, I don't know if anything happened. No, go say, God, you set me free. Oh my, how many of you want to be free tonight? And let me say this. He whom the Son of God has set free is free indeed. Oh my, I say, Father, light it up. Here's the sacrifice. Here's the young people that want to stand for you, Lord. Light it up. Oh, if the musicians would come. God, we gotta, let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, this young people, We've had a confession, Lord. Our confession has been collectively there'll be young people in the rapture. And I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I might not be learning. I might not know a whole lot. I might not even understand all the mysteries of God, but I want to know Jesus. I might not be able to put the, the, the seals together. I might not be able to tell you who the seven church age messengers are, but I want to know who Jesus is. I want to know Christ and Him crucified. I want to know Him in a personal level. I want to know that He's on my heart tonight. Lord Jesus, here's the altar. Here is the sacrifice. Consume it, I pray. Lord, I didn't do these things just out of my own thoughts. Lord, you know, even I didn't even want to preach it, but Lord, you kept putting it on my heart. You kept all week long. I couldn't get rid of it. Brother John even sent me a service, Lord, that was just right along these lines. Oh, God, you're moving. You're moving. Father, we need you to come and deliver tonight. Jesus, we welcome you. I want you young people to say it with me. Jesus, we welcome you. Jesus, we welcome you. 
Jesus, we welcome you into our presence. I welcome you into my soul. I welcome you into my being. Come and consume me, Lord. Consume me, Lord, with the fire of your presence. In Jesus' name. You sang that song, Brother Tony, at the beginning. Consume me, Lord. Not consume me, sorry. This is my desire. This is my desire. This is my desire to next to me thanks I just want to worship you oh Jesus how lovely you are blessed be your holy name oh God Yes, Lord. 
I give it away to you, Jesus. I give you my soul, Lord. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Have the preeminence in my life. Have the preeminence in the young people's lives, oh God. Take the sacrifice, Lord Jesus. Consume it with the fire of your Holy Spirit, oh God. We give it over to you, oh God. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Have your way in me, oh God. that simple chorus, consume me, Lord, in the fire of your spirit. If you need deliverance, if you haven't been delivered already, you can come out. We'll pray with you. If you need healing, you come out. We'll pray with you. God is here. Whatever you have need of, if you want the Holy Spirit, you come out. We'll pray with you. God is more than able. Just keep your life in order and say, Lord, I want to do everything I can. If it's the work that I got to put in and I got to do everything I can to keep the mechanics in order and I got to keep washing myself with the word, help me, Lord, to keep washing, keep washing, keep washing until he's able to come and consume the sacrifice. Consume me, Lord, with the fire. Oh. 